how do we have expectation but at the same time being not attached to them? When it comes to relationships, you can imagine that this is one of the key topics that may get in the way and create a sense of discord and disharmony. On today's conversation, we explore the idea that in order to have a powerful relationship, there is a balance to be had when it comes to having expectations of the other and oneself, and at the same time being not attached from them. As we explored last week with Tatiana and the week before that, unconditional love and setting boundaries is a part of this. Now, as we come to a conclusion in this mini-series, we start to explore that in order to have a powerful and connected relationship, all of these factors are required. So, as you turn into today's conversation, bring yourself into the conversation and explore, how is this making a difference in my life today? And what would I need to do to transform it? Welcome. Before we kick this off, so glad that you're here. Part of this growing community involves every single person that is listening on a consistent basis to share the message of what Awakening Bodies is and the value that you're getting. We know that people are sharing based on the way in which the podcast continues to grow and the audience that it's reaching. We're now in the next phase of growth for the podcast. We're looking to expand our production quality. We're looking to expand our reach of marketing. We're looking to reach support and bring in other people on that are going to support us with the podcast. So all of this requires obviously resources, specifically money. If you feel pulled to support in the growth of the podcast, from improving the quality of the production to reaching more people to being able to hire now a team that can support us in expanding our mission, that would be greatly appreciated. Down below, you'll see a link. You can do a one-time donation or you can do a recurring donation. Anything helps. Literally anything helps. All right, enough of that. Thank you again. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome everybody to another conversation. This is a sequel, part two of part one. If you've missed the part, the first part, it was on unconditional love and setting proper boundaries. From there, we had a follow-up conversation with Tatiana Couto, who was also a relationship coach, and we dove deeper into the practical side of how do we create and live from a place of unconditional love, um, as well as properly setting boundaries in our relationships and the way in which that creates a deeper level of connection um, and Maybe we don't believe it to be that case, but it creates a sense of a deeper sense of trust and respect for one another. So this conversation, part two, is focused specifically around expectations and non-attachment. Now, this little series, this mini-series, stemmed from uh, one of our community members reaching out to us and sharing she's having some issues in her relationship, and specifically on these topics of unconditional love, being non-attached, setting proper boundaries, so really glad that we have this feedback from the community. And if you, if there's anything on your end that you would like to dive deeper into or just hear our perspectives on, we welcome you to drop us a message and let us know. Great way for being here with you, baby. Yeah, very excited. So this conversation is all about the art of non-attachment and defining expectations. Um, and so how does that when you first got this and we first started diving into it, what showed up in your space around these two? Yeah, I mean, this is specifically around the context of a relationship. This is one of those things that continues to be uh, a space for me to grow into. Uh, the idea of having proper expectation, not proper expectation, the idea of having expectations that are aligned with who we are as a couple and at the same time also practicing that sense of letting go and not having to be a specific way. Mm. This is something that for me, uh, like in my personal and professional life, this is a continuous 
journey that I'm on. It's a muscle that's consistently being strengthened because from my perspective, I may see one particular plan, but I don't necessarily see the big vision. Like I don't have step A to Z like God does. I have like my steps of what those are, but I have no idea what the actual unfolding of things will be. Yeah. Like, Sorry. No, I just want to share just the fact that that really resonates with me because I feel like, and we were talking about this last night with a good friend around the concept of how we've become almost the center of the universe. Yeah. And we do everything thinking that we know the outcome Mm -hmm. and we are living in an age as well where it's all around Mm self-empowerment, which is so powerful. Mm -hmm. However, I think that because we're giving ourselves so much glory Mm -hmm. that when things don't turn the way in which we want them to, that's when our world starts to get shaken. Yeah. It's because we're so attached to us performing, us getting the results mm-hmm. instead of letting go and allowing what is actually meant to be. Yeah. It's like we want miracles to happen in our life, yet we want to be the one that causes the miracles. And that's not typically how it happens. Well, I mean, if if we caused it, it's not a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> like if we can explain a miracle, it went from the realm of the miraculous to now explainable. Yeah. Like the, the, the nature of a miracle is we can't explain it. Yeah. That doesn't mean to say that we can't perform them. But I want to like go back on my words because we definitely can. But there's something powerful when we let go and allow miracles to occur. Sure. Sure. Well, that's like the idea of the of the attachment of like me making this happen versus the expectation of we are miracle workers. We've been gifted that. Yeah. Can I be unattached from how it's supposed to happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now with, actually, let's let's continue the flow that we have already put, put together. Cool, yeah. So we broke this up into a few different concepts and key points that we really want to discuss because we have so many personal experiences that, we've gone through on this journey, which will infuse them in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's take a step back and, and talk about the old age struggle. <laughs> so what does that, what does that mean to you? And what is that? Yeah. I mean, I think that we as humans, and actually I'll, I mean, I'll start off with this, that there's been many times in, in our relationship where I'm expecting things to go one way. And I've got this idea as to how something is going to go. And because I have this idea of, of how something's going to go, I'm, at, I'm like, this is the way only to find myself going through that particular uh, experience and realizing, oh, this is actually nowhere near the way it's meant to be. Mm. Like even the creation of this podcast has been an ongoing practice of having the expectation of what we're going to do, but at the same time being not attached from it. Like I remember when we first started putting this project together and actually started putting things together. For me, I'm always somebody that's like, okay, we're going to be able to do it all. And Lauren's like, okay, but how much time is going to be required to actually get that thing done? And I remember putting uh, things on the platforms and getting the RSS feeds and putting all the technical things on the background. The expectation for me was like, we're going to be able to get this done in one sitting. It took me like three sittings, um, about an hour each to actually be able to get all the technical side of it done properly. Now, the age old struggle with this is that we as humans, we have this particular idea 
and I'm sorry, I'm going to take back the generalization when speaking personal terms, because I don't know what anybody listening is going through and I don't want to project on you. So for me, a lot of the idea of expecting something to happen in my way. And in that, I get caught up in the specific steps that I've put into the picture. And because of that, again, it, it, it echoes what we were just saying. And because of that, I'm not able to actually see what other possibilities exist. In this age of struggle that I'm experiencing at 32 years young in this physical earth is realizing that my vision is as, as 2020 as it is, because I got really good vision, <laughs> as good as it is, I can only see what I can see. There are things beyond my understanding that I can't see. There are things that are beyond my control that I can't control. And if I can practice that sense of releasing that control, I can be and then be aligned to actually move towards those expectations. For us as humans, it's really important for us to be mindful for that. As we go and throughout the day to day, we may have an expectation of how things should be. How attached are we to those expectations? How attached are we to the way in which we think those expectations should, should unfold? And I use the word should intentionally there because again, there's only so much that we can do. There's only so much that we can control. Remember one of the things that really stuck out to me when I went through Landmark was the idea of control and how crazy must I be to try to control everything? Yet I was, and I didn't even know that I was. That's the kicker. I was trying to control so many things and I didn't even know that I didn't even know that I was trying to control them. <laughs> Dichotomy. It's a, yeah, it's like it's like it's it's the stairway with no end, or the stairway to no destination. It's like it's just an ongoing thing. That's like, ooh, I'm trying to control this, but now this thing over here is out of the picture. So I'm gonna go over here trying to control this, but now this other thing is like, no, just stop, release, presence. Yeah, yeah and the core of expectations and the meaning of it is anticipating an outcome mm. and what is actually happening when we're anticipating an outcome like on a neurological level is the brain is releasing specific hormones it's releasing dopamine you're literally getting excited for what is going to going to occur mm -hmm. and yet when it doesn't go your way you get a drop of dopamine and that's when the, the shame or the guilt or the upset comes in. Yeah. And as it's as expectations have their place, right? Because it's good to have a vision. Mm -hmm. How can we navigate in a way where we're not going on this constant spike of dopamine? Sure. And being okay if things don't turn out the way in which we desire them to. Yeah. And that's, that's a key thing for us to be mindful for because, I mean, I could even look at it for myself on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, for me, there's something about a warm drink in the morning that just, like, gets me, like, stimulated. It's like a mental habit that, for me, it's like a stimulus. It doesn't have to be coffee. I'm, at this present moment, drinking coffee, but it can be matcha. It can be tea. There's something for me that, like, that expectation, waiting for that, for that drink in the morning gets me excited. It's like I go to the gym, I come back home, and even a milkshake, even a, a protein shake. Milkshake. <laughs> even a protein shake. That also is like that sense gives me that dopamine spike. It literally happened last night. We got we went to the gym late, and the idea was to make a specific food, dumplings, chicken dumplings. I'm so excited. Shrimp dumplings, excuse me. I'm excited to uh, eat some really delicious balanced meals by Miss Laura Fitzfitz. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're on another level. I, mean, I haven't used that in such a long time. I know. 
I digress. We're coming home and we're talking about what we really want. And I immediately thought about a, a, a protein shake, but I wanted a protein shake with granola. And we don't have granola at the moment. So it was like this high, like, oh no, we don't have any granola. And I'm, I'm bringing it back to what you're pointing to, the sense of expectations where it immediately releases this dopamine hit that's like, wow, exhilarating. And then when maybe that expectation you have isn't met, it's like, now you're going downhill and you're in this place of uh, anxiety, stress, control, whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah. And you use a light example, right, with sure. granola. However, this can be oh yeah, totally very detrimental to someone's relationship. I know it was for you and I, and it's something we actually continue to explore. Sure. But I could even look back and think about the moments when we first started dating no. Not like actually in a relationship. Courting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you ask us when we started dating, that's a whole different story. But we'll have two different answers. But anyway, um, you know, I had this expectation that because we were close and intimate, I just assumed like that it was exclusive and that we were being serious. And Sebastian, on the other hand, had a different expectation in mind. And this is when I feel like we did communicate relatively effectively, but I wasn't aware. I wasn't, I wasn't just aware of my level of, I don't know. I just wasn't aware at that time. So I was expecting something and I mean, I wasn't getting asked out and actually to be your girlfriend. There was a lot of disharmony that was happening within my life. Sure. And this is, especially in relationships, it's so important to be mindful of that because there's these expectations that are unsaid. And those expectations that are unsaid are typically the ones that hold the most power. So, so here what we do are. you mean by that? Yeah. So here we are. We start to talk where we're starting to get close. Uh, we go a couple of months and just specifically, strictly downline upline relationship where i'm supporting lauren and building her business to a few months later now we're hanging at the beach looking at the stars and it's like okay there's something brewing here there's something that's deeper than just this professional relationship that we originally met as what's going on now as lauren just shared for her there was something in the background like okay like when are you gonna ask me out like what's going on here are we are we together are we gonna be dating for me, I'm just like, this is great. I'm having a great time and we're having, we're, we're building our business and I get to hang out with this awesome hot chick. Cool. Like, great. But that un, uncommunicated expectation was always in the background. And again, in relationships is so key to be mindful of that. Because if we're walking around without communicating what we're expecting, typically that very same thing is the one that's going to hold the most weight. It's going to hold us back the most. Because if we're expecting something from someone, yet we don't communicate it, how can we ever possibly expect them to know that expectation? Mm. Yeah, and I could, what what pops up into my mind is even to this day, I mean, we've mm-hmm. gone through a lot of communication and we've worked through this topic a lot around yeah. cleaning. <laughs> but when we first moved in together, my cleaning style is way different than Sebastian's cleaning style. Mm-hmm. And he grew up in a household where, like, I mean, I got to witness it as well. It was like every weekend on either Saturday or Sunday, like, your mom and your father were just getting down on their hands and knees and then cleaning the house. And 
my family just wasn't that way. And mm-hmm. so I didn't grow up that way. However, I do enjoy a clean home mm-hmm. and I will clean on my terms and I will, I'll have to like set the space and like get in the right headspace. but I enjoy doing it. And so when we moved in, it became like this, like weekly, almost twice a week, like thing where we had to make sure that the house was like spotless. I'm looking around and I'm like, our house is clean. Like, what are you talking about? Like, okay, there might be like a little sand by the doorway, but like, really? And there was this unspoken expectation at the time where you desired the house to be a certain way. And mm-hmm. I, it just wasn't even phasing me. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't even in my awareness. Mm-hmm. And so that caused a lot of friction until we actually set different agreements and expectations. No doubt. I mean, we even to the T we have where we have different days on who makes the bed (laughs) because it just wasn't working the way in which it was working in the past. No. And and something as as simple as that became such a, a, an area of contention, an area of conflict for us. Again, for me, it's like my space is everything. The way in which my external world is a representation of what's going on internally. So when I take a look at my environment and things are messy and things are out of place and things are not tidy. It's like, oh my God, what's going on in my life? Um, I'm failing. And again, this is the story that starts flowing through my mind, which this is to to really tell one on myself is also a coping mechanism. Mm. Like that's for me a way to maybe put some things to the side. And I've literally seen this in the past where I've got this priority, this project, this goal I have to work on, but you know, the house is dirty. So I'm going to go and clean the house first before I focus in on this major project that I got to work on. And I can justify and say, I have a clean space. So now I can actually be mentally present with my work. I could also go the other way and say, I could just focus in on my work and get and clean afterwards. There's no right or wrong way to it. That's the most important part. There's no right or wrong way to do way to it. It's for me on the journey, understanding what works best for me and what doesn't work. But to Lauren's point of, of having this, these, these, what supported us a lot is being able to communicate on this, to be able to sit down and it's like, Hey, on this day, every other day, we, we make the bed. Like I make it on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday, which also means I do it on Monday. So that means I'm doing it Sunday and Monday. Hold on. Okay. Can I be unattached from doing it two days in a row? And can I be with the expectation of just being in a great home? Great. I'll do it two days in a row. Not a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about this, I'm just realizing how funny our relationship is. It's hysterical. It's hysterical. But it's so deeply rooted in something in, in, on solid ground. Yeah. How many times do we hear from couples coming to us with these, like the, these small issues and challenges become these huge mountains. So they come to us with these huge mountains. And as we start to explore the conversation deeper, it's because of these little things over time, the little ant holes started to become these massive Everests. So they come to us with these Everest only to realize like, oh, I just got to focus in on this ant hole. And if I focus in on this little ant hole, this big mountain won't form. Yeah. So while it's a, it's a small thing that like, it's literally laughable. A hundred percent is comical. But again, it's like the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, they say. Yeah. It's typically the smallest actually repeated over time compounded that makes the biggest difference. For sure. I would say the biggest thing that has transformed our relationship when it comes down to expectations was when we changed 
our expectations for appreciation. Yes. It's so easy to look at the things that are going wrong and to point the finger and to be upset instead of actually acknowledging what is going right. Right. And it's interesting in relationships on how if you are to point the finger, then it creates more resentment. Mm. It doesn't actually change someone. Mm. But instead, if you lift them up and you talk about and you give them praise for all the things that they are doing, how easy the dynamic can shift. Like I even said this morning, Sebastian last night asked me, he was like, you know, I would really love you to make that one meal that you made with dill. And that like lit me up (laughs) because I felt appreciated. There wasn't like this expectation he had of like, like make me, like I want you to like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to make this certain thing. It was like, no, I actually appreciate you really make like making this meal. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to make it again. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I would love to make it. But if you were like demanding about it or you expected sure. it. How come you haven't made this meal? <laughs> yeah, you would never do that. But it's just the example of how appreciation, when you really are able to look at situations through a lens of love and of care, end of appreciation yeah it could really have a massive impact within your relationship a hundred percent and this is why it's so key if you haven't listened to the part one of this on unconditional love go back to it because if we're going to be able to give up our expectations for appreciation we got to first understand how to even create an unconditional love mm-hmm. spoke of empathy understanding and i forgot the other one at the moment in time <laughs> I'm human. (laughs) God bless me. (laughs) (laughs) Understanding that gives us space where you can be in a a place of appreciation just for the sense of appreciation. Like now, and again, this is where the inner work comes into the picture, where in the past, something would come into my experience with Lauren that would get me upset. Now is an opportunity for me to flex a muscle of appreciation. So like every single thing that in the past would have caused a conflict now doesn't even occur to me as a conflict. It's an opportunity for me to deepen my relationship with Lord. How so? Because I can then choose to focus in on what I appreciate. Like the other day, not the other well, I was weeks ago, weeks ago, the, you, the, made, the, the bed wasn't made. It was like six o'clock and you come up and you're like, oh, the bed isn't made because you were also dialed in for the majority of the day. And I remember I was in the office and I walked into the bedroom and it was like 4.30, bed wasn't made. And I'm like, ah, oh, like how awesome that we get to live in this experience where we just get to create our own space whenever we wanted to. Mm. In the past, I've been like, oh my God, it's 4.30. What is this? This is not a healthy relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to throw it out there too. You've had like two days where you also didn't make oh, red hotel. Why you got to tell people that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, talk about things shifting and not being so attached because yeah. genuinely like you would get it it would bother you oh like, for sure it would ruin your day yeah yeah who would? <laughs> totally who wouldn't yeah and so the fact that like you were being in the place of like letting go and not being attached yeah it just goes to show the growth that you've gone under as well yeah 
And so let's talk about the art of non-attachment. Before that, let's talk about the, the, the positive expectations and negative expectations because there's, before we go into the attachment. Okay. Yeah. So there's, there, again, every, every single coin has two sides, right? And there's part of expectations that is healthy. Part of expectations does support. Part of expectations is for us to be able to move powerfully through life. As again, there's also the opposite of it. So with positive expectations, right? Like if, if we have a specific goal that we're looking to achieve, let's say you want to go and let's just make it super light, really easy. I want to go and gain 10 pounds of muscle mass, which is right now the case for whatever reason, no matter how much I work out, no matter how much food I eat, gaining weight for me is, it, it is what it is. <laughs> it just doesn't go up the number. <laughs> you need a coach anyway but, but it gives me okay lauren fitz fitz come on where you at? <laughs> no, <not that. laughs> but it gives me this sense of motivation because now i'm working towards something when we have the sense of expectations when we have the sense of deadlines when we have this uh, this this thing that we're working towards it gives us direction throughout the day-to-day and it also creates a sense of benchmarks mm. so expectations are not a bad and I think that a lot of people in the world of today, it's like, oh, you have so many expectations. Your ego's so activated. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, I'm just working towards something. However, on the other side of that, just like there's sun, there's also the moon. There is the part that doesn't work about expectations, which could be disempowerment. It could create a sense of perceived failure. It could create a sense of stress. Because if you have these expectations in place and they're not being fulfilled upon, you may be disappointed, especially when that expectation is based on somebody else, mm. especially when the expectation is based on somebody else and you haven't communicated. Man, you are setting yourself up for a disappointment right there. So it's really important that as we, again, navigate this conversation and navigate life from a place of how do we have proper expectations and how do we then unattach from them? To be mindful for, is this expectation that I have on the positive side of the coin or on the negative side of the coin? Is this expectation giving me a sense of guidance, direction, motivation, or is it setting myself up for disappointment, stress, and overwhelm? Which I feel goes hand in hand to the concept of non-attachment. A hundred percent, which is why I wanted to bring that up because now we can move forward into non-attachment. Yeah. And it's this with any, even if it is a positive or negative um, expectation, if you could be non-attached, that almost like diffuses. Yep. The emotion around it. Yep. So in there, let's let's plug in the idea of workability. Because this is where <clears throat> good and the bad can get really hairy. Good and bad is 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 gray. For some people, what's good is is bad for another. And one of the things that for us works really well in a relationship is that while we honor honor each other's emotions and feelings, we operate from a sense of what works versus what doesn't work. That's not to say that we don't hear what we're each experiencing in our emotions. Again, really important. We're not robots. But we're able to say, okay, what works and what doesn't work? Because in that, we can then take a step back and we can actually assess Mm -hmm. which way do we go from here? Is this going to work in our relationship or or is it not? Yeah, so to actually like give Mm -hmm. an example of this, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Hmm. what's showing up in in this moment is like the example of how if you were to go out have a bunch of drinks with the guys Mm -hmm. and like not talk to me all night Mm -hmm. like 
some people would view that for, from the lens of like, that's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not good. That's bad. And in our relationship, we just look at it through the lens of like, no, that actually just, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work for us to have this level of not no communication mm-hmm. and you doing those things. And that, that's all. Like, it gets rid of like the emotion behind it. Yeah, and it's not that it gets rid of it because the emotion's still there, right? And and we talked a lot about this in regards to like bypassing, mm-hmm. and I used to be the pro at this. I used to be so good at this. If you haven't listened to the conversation with Kelly and I, where I go deeper into the robotic plays that I was in in the past, let's just say the robot, <laughs> as if anybody can see me. <laughs> I used to be so good at this. Because when I really started to see the, the consequence, the impact now, and I'll say this, cause like both of those have a connotation of negative. When I started to see the power in detaching from the emotion, it opened up a whole new world because in that moment in time, I was, I was, it was really easy for me to allow emotions to hold me back. When I started to see and understand that emotions can be just as empowering, they can also be disempowering, started to realize like, oh, I can actually take a step back from this. And regardless of what I'm feeling, take an action on. However, just like anything in excess is not supportive, that wasn't supportive. So much so that I became a robot, where literally some people would tell me, you sound like a robot. I was like, I don't compute. (laughs) (laughs) My God. (laughs) So it's, it's, I'm bringing this into the picture because for us to like get rid of the emotion, it's, it's, we're not like getting rid of it. No, we're human. It's part of the human experience to feel those things. Now for you and us in your example, that doesn't even like bubble up anymore. Yeah. It, it doesn't work, but it's not that you're pushing down emotions. Mm-hmm. You're still feeling them. Yeah. Allowing myself to feel. Yeah. And then we communicate, especially if it's something that definitely doesn't work for you. Then we open up about it. So to kind of digress a little bit and go back into non-attachment. Yeah. So the meaning of non-attachment, mm-hmm. it's essentially that it's, it's not that it's not about caring. Mm. It's about not clinging. Yeah. So how, what do you, like, what does that mean to you? Yeah. I mean, this is, again, this is a lesson that life has taught me over and over again. Um, is is a distinction between commitment and attachment clinging onto, because what you're saying it's it's not about not caring. Again, it's not about not caring, which means it we do care. Like we're not putting it to the side and saying, okay, it doesn't matter. I'm so unattached that I don't care if I don't talk to Lauren all of tonight. The other a couple of weeks ago, Lauren was out with a couple of girlfriends and she comes home at like one thirty. Um, now I'm going to bed at like 11 o'clock. It's uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. Do you remember what day it was? Thursday. It, 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 Thursday. Okay. Middle of the week. And I'm like, it's 1130. I'm going to bed. And I'm like, okay. Like it, it honestly didn't show up as anything was wrong. Now in the past, I would have cared about it. I'd have been like, who is she with? What is she doing? She hasn't texted me. She's supposed to go out to dinner. There's a football game line. Was I not invited? Like all of these things could have been going on through my mind. Now, today, in the world of today, in the in the space that we're in, it's not that I didn't care that she wasn't there. I was still thinking about her, but I wasn't clinging on to her having to tell me where she was at. I didn't I wasn't clinging on to her letting me know that she was gonna be out late. There was this this 
thought that was like, oh, maybe something wrong happened. But my mom always told me bad news travels the fastest. So easily gone at the picture. If something quote unquote bad was good, had happened, I would have heard about it already. So there was, I was in peace, but I wasn't clinging on to you having to be in communication or there. And in relationships, again, is really important because without proper set and communicated expectations, you can easily cling on to things. And by clinging on, you're now in the space of like grasping. There's this, there's this quote in uh, The Little Prince, which if you haven't seen, man, highly recommend it. Read the book, watch a movie, especially if you're a parent, oh, watch it with the kids. It's an animated movie and it is deep. It's really a movie for you, the parent, not for the child. But watch no, it's for children. Well, it's definitely for both, but the, the, the story is deep when it comes to adulthood. And at the end, they said, um, if you truly love the rose, you got to let it go. If I'm going to actually be able to be in a relationship, I need to release. Otherwise, I suffocate. Mm. And that's what clinging makes me think of. It's like, I'm going to cling on to this goal. Again, our, the podcast is a great example of this. It's like, we're, we're also in the process of building out SoulSync. More to come on that. It's like, if I'm going to cling on to how that's going to happen, we are way behind on the game plan that we had. But that's okay. Because there is a bigger plan that is unfolding. And in that, I can actually be present with you regardless. And even if that deadline that we had set in place to have this project launch, it's okay. Can I be in a place of surrender around it? Not attached. That's not to say I don't care about it. I'm just not claiming not to. Yeah, it makes me think about, I was listening to a podcast recently with Tony Robbins and he was talking about how he interviewed 50 of the most like wealthiest people. Mm. And he said only three of them were truly happy. Mm. And what contributed to their happiness was not being caught back in the past, mm -hmm. not being caught up in the past, and not being overwhelmed in the future, mm. but being in the present moment. Mm. And I feel like attachment really occurs either from you're trying to not recreate the past or you're scared mm. about what's going to happen in the future mm. instead of just being in the present moment. Because mm. when you're in the present moment, the only thing that exists is now. And maybe in that present moment, something in the now is happening, but at least you can see it in a clear view, in a clear mind, yeah. when you release the sense of control. Mm -hmm. When you realize that you are safe, and you realize that like, it's it's okay to communicate. Mm -hmm. And from there, the, the decisions are able to be a little bit more clear. And this is something that I practice on a weekly basis, whether things pop up and I'm feeling insecure or I'm worried about the future and like what is going to happen down the road. It's like, wait, but where's my feet right now? Mm -hmm. Okay, can I release that? Mm -hmm. Can I let that go so I don't allow that to steal my happiness from this mm -hmm. current moment? Yeah. How have you been able to bring yourself to that sense of presence? You know, I think it's really just 
being where my feet are. Like I, I actually, I say that to myself a lot. It's like, what do I have control over right now? And what could I give to God? Is there any action steps that I see is possible for me to take? Do I need to pray? Do I feel the call to take action on anything? Or maybe I just need to completely detach from it and be here. And that might look like a lot of different things, but I know when I focus on my being instead of doing, Mm -hmm. I then do the things that align with my being. Yeah. Soaking in that. Mm-hmm. We get caught up on doing so much. And and what you just said is so sage. You're so sage. <laughs> the, you're trying to do things to be, but when you're be, when you're in your essence and you're being you, you take actions that are aligned with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because why? Why wouldn't I want to do anything that isn't aligned with my being? And I feel like that's so common sense. Yet at the same time, because we're living in such a fast-paced society, yeah, we get caught up in doing so much. Yeah, and then we're kind of drifting away. No, not really though, because society sets expectations for us that are not ours. So it's it's spot on. We get caught up in society's expectations of what we should, shouldn't do, or who we must be. I mean, I'll put it this way. I remember going to college and I had no idea what I wanted to do. I only chose my original path <laughs> because it's what I thought I should do, which was, by the way, computer science. The first day, ones and zeros, I get into the elevator and I'm like, to the person next, I'm like, oh my God, that was the hardest thing ever. And he literally chuckles. This man chuckles at me. And not, and he's like, that was the beginning. He's like, if you don't understand that, he's like, you may be in the wrong place. And I'm so grateful he said that. I literally walked out of the elevator and went to the admin spa- uh, space to <laughs> change my my, my, <laughs> my path. <laughs> because literally it was like, but I did it because I thought I should have. In the moment, apps were just beginning. So like develop apps is going to be the future. And it is, right? But it wasn't who I am. And back to what we're pointing here, society gives us expectations that are not necessarily ours. And if we don't slow down to find out who we are, then we're going to be caught up in somebody else's expectations. And if we're caught up in somebody else's expectations, guess what? You're more likely going to be attached to the outcome that that expectation set. Yeah, and then you're in this dichotomy of like trying to obtain something, being so attached to something that isn't even aligned with your mm-hmm. essence. Mm-hmm. So we always talk about values, going back to your values and developing a deep connection with not only with yourself, but your the creator. Yeah. Because we believe that life doesn't have to be hard. Mm-hmm. We believe that life is, there's sprinkles of, <laughs> why is this coming up? There's like sprinkles of, guidance all throughout your path Mm. and you just have to search for it and find it Mm. because it's always there and so as we begin to come to a close we how can we begin to navigate between the two 
right? Because expectations are not good. They're not good. They're bad. I mean, they're good. I don't even want to use the word good and bad. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, we could put it this way. There's there's two sides. Positive and negative. Yeah, there's positive and there's negative. Yeah. If, if you want to start to maybe uh, explore, I don't say adopt because we're not here to tell you what to do. If you want to explore the, the, the workability of it, like is this expectation work with what I'm looking to create? Is this expectation not workable? Like am I right now setting myself up to get on a bike with one wheel? Like, is this bicycle, which I got to say bicycle because somebody will be out there and be like, oh, but there's unicycles. True. Okay, you're about to get on a bicycle, buy two wheels. If you take a wheel off and you go to try and you try to ride it, is it going to work? No. So as you're, again, setting yourself up, are you setting up your bike to have two wheels or one? And in that, you start to, again, navigate. And specifically in the realms of expectations, specifically in the realms of expectations and relationships. Because there are realistic expectations, unrealistic expectations. And unrealistic expectation I had of you was that you were going to adopt the same patterns of, of behavior that my parents had. To bring up the example of cleaning, where every single Sunday things were clean. And like, my, my, again, to this day, my, my mom's household is spotless. And because of that, I grew up in this unreal expect, unrealistic expectation that my wife, my girlfriend, would have to be the same exact way. It took me some time to realize that that is un, an unrealistic expectation that doesn't work. So, and for us, again, this is where we in our relationship are able to expand and do what we do. Like we're going through a season of life right now where things are very different than the way they used to be four to five months ago. And while it may show up at first as like, oh my God, what are we doing? Our faith has grounded us in this space of knowing that this is literally opening up avenues that we'll look back on and be like, whoa, like we are practicing non-attachment in a tremendous way. And I want to acknowledge you for, for that because we're living a life where we are no longer attached to a number giving us security and giving us peace. And we're committed to continuing to move forward. That expectation from the positive context, the workable context, that expectation is there set up knowing that our children's children's children will look back on it and be like, dang, they were gangsters. So thank you. Because you could very easily be attached to things haven't been the way they were five, six months ago. You also saw what that was doing to me and my well-being and, and our relationship as a, as a, as a, as a consequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm grateful to be navigating this journey and this path with you. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to Practical non-attachment. Steps. Yeah, non-attachment. Yep. Um, so there's a few different ways that you can become aware if you're becoming too attached in certain scenarios. So number one is intense emotional reactions. You might find that if something isn't going your way and you're feeling really attached, you might become defensive. Mm-hmm. You might become worried where it literally just comes over your entire body. I know I can relate and even still to this day relate where I thought there was going to be an outcome and it wasn't and my body showed it whether I got like a hot flash or I got upset my stomach turned I I'm someone who experiences physical um 
elements when things aren't going right. Like I feel it very much in my body. And so that's a good way to tune in to see if you actually are super attached in the moment and when you can actually release a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything that I want to add on to that? Uh, the body is the first access. And we always talk about this. I mean, we have a, a segment at the retreat where we're literally having people step into their bodies in relation to specific experiences they've had in the past to explore what's there. Because especially in our society, it's very easy for us to be distracted and to be numbed to what we're experiencing. When our reality, all we can do that could really open up a space for new possibilities is to explore what's happening in my body. Like literally sit with it. And I'm not saying sulk in it. There's actually value sometimes in sitting in your diaper. Sitting in that and actually understanding like, what is my body telling me? Just this morning, I'm in the process of exploring this 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 idea that has been in my space for some time. My body's telling me no. My mind's like, oh, but logically, like this just makes so much sense. Like, why would I not do this? But my gut's like, no. This is going to take up so much of your time that is not in line with your purpose. My body, being this physical vessel, being this temple, being this this vehicle in which my soul, my spirit move, literally could be a guiding light. This could be, it's it's this could tell me what's going to work and what's not going to work. Be mindful. If you're quick to escape discomfort. Be mindful of that. Yeah, and being mindful, again, like relating it back to the attachment. If you begin to feel those intense, Mm -hmm. gut-wrenching feelings, probably accurate. Yeah. So listen. Yeah, there's something there. Again, and this is like, this is now where to bring faith into the picture. Faith is a revelation. You can't, I can't describe to you faith in a way in which you're going to actually live faith. This is for you yeah. to explore. As, as I'm listening to these gut-wrenching experiences in my body, what is this telling me? Mm-hmm. And the second one is self-worth tied to the outcome. So are you tied? Is your identity, is your worth tied to the thing that you're working towards or your relationship? So this is a symptom of attachment? It's a strategy. A strategy. Okay, so you're saying, got you. I just, you just said number two. I didn't really fully follow what you were, what what you were throwing in. Gotcha. So these are ways to be able to break through that sense of attachment. Yeah. And it's important for you to also be mindful of how much is your worth tied into these external things, which are not you. Yeah. Cool. Well, this was a beautiful conversation. I mean, there's much more to go into. <laughs> There's much more to go into, but the idea with this is as as a as a as a human going through this human experience to be mindful for of with where you're at right now, don't make yourself wrong. Don't hold yourself back. This is a space where you can give yourself grace and you can release the way in which somebody else has told told you you should be doing life. Like again, including us. Uh, don't take anything of what we're saying as your truth. Like this is this is our experience. Whatever resonates with you, take it. Whatever doesn't, leave behind. And this is for, in the world that we're in, I mean, we take a look at what's happening right now across the ocean. I mean, it's it's October 11th. 
2023, right? Or the 10th, September, October 10th, 2023. And there's a lot happening in the world that is not workable. And if we take a look, what expectations do people have in place that are now, that they're now attached to that is leading to thousands of people being killed? So we see it at a global scale, how this is really making a big consequence of having an impact in the, the lives in which we live. And as the, the, the cliche goes, and it's a cliche because it's, it's, it's universal truth. If we wish to see the change, we got to first be the change. In your life, be mindful for. How much are you living life through an expectation that isn't going to be met? How much are you setting the people around you up through expectations that are going to be unrealistic, which are not going to be met, which will lead to disappointment? How much are you attached to those expectations happening? How much are you holding on and clinging to a specific path? How much are you having to prove your point so that other people have to believe the same thing that you do? Like these are all things that you have the space to make a difference in. And this is why for me, my faith is so key because it says in order for me to gain my life, I got to lose my life. And it relates with this because if I'm trying to prove a point, again, now, now I'm attached. But can I give up my expectation that this person is going to understand the same thing that I understand? If I can give that up, I lost my life. Great. Congratulations. You just opened up a whole new space of birthing in that relationship. And as you move in an intimate relationship, it's really key to be mindful for that as well. How much are you right? How much are they wrong? If you're in that space of right and wrong, expectations and attachment are very present. If we can take a step back and again, be in this realization that you don't have to be right and you can just be, it creates a whole new space. And these tools that we're talking about, these ideas of being able to be open and understanding of one another creates an ability to be able to be with the other. So there's nothing wrong if you have expectations. Be mindful. Are they working, not working? If you're attached, also be mindful. Are, are you stifling? Are you, are you suffocating possibility because of the way in which you think something should be? And there's a very simple exercise that you can practice in regards to non-attachment. And it comes from A Course in Miracles, which is a deeply spiritual book with a deep foundation in the Bible. A lot of people don't know that, but there's a deep foundation in the Bible. There's a deep reference to Jesus all throughout it. And the first exercise is very simple. You put a time, a timer for five minutes and you sit down in that room and you take a look at everything around you and you start to get present to, and you start to listen to hear the meanings you start to give the things around you. If you can start to take that on, you start to realize how attached you are to the things around you. Or to take it a step further, to the meanings of the things you have around you. If you practice that enough, you'll realize, oh, my computer doesn't have to mean that I'm stressed out because of work. Oh, this incense over here doesn't have to mean that it's bad for any sort of, sort of way. If we can practice the things that are around us, if we can look at the things around us and practice the sense of what meaning am I giving them, if we practice that enough, it creates a sense of non-attachment. And it's such a simple exercise that you more than likely won't do it. But for those that do take it on, do it for a prolonged period of time and see what comes up. 
in that space of mindfulness and awareness and consciousness, you start to realize, whoa, all of this relates with expectations, with attachments. Something as simple as looking around your room for five minutes and starting to get present to what your mind is telling you about those things, the meanings that you give them. So step into your relationship with an open space. What would happen if the people in your life that you're connected with, especially in an intimate relationship, what would happen if you were to step into that relationship with open ears and open eyes? And then open eyes. Of course, yeah. What would happen if everything that you thought you knew about this person wasn't? What what would happen if these insecurities or these these defenses that you have towards this person don't lo- no longer exist? What would happen if that conversation that you know you want to have, but you won't because you already know how they'll respond? What would happen if that wasn't true? I'll leave it with this because I'm there's movement happening and I love it. I remember having a conversation with my parents when I first moved back into my parents' home after we we split up. You uh, you and I, Lord, you and I. And I remember sitting around the dinner table and it was this sense of fear as to what was going to happen when I shared with them what had happened. If you haven't listened to what happened, you can go back to our episode where we share openly in our relationship. But I remember being in this place of like, are they going to make me wrong? Are they going to make her wrong? Like, what's going to happen? But luckily, I was equipped with these tools to acknowledge that, not get caught up on that, not get attached to that. And I shared openly with them. And a conversation within five minutes opened up a whole new possibility for relationship between the both of us, the three of us, me, my mom, my dad, and myself. All of this to, again, bring it into the capsule of if I would have known how they were going to respond and not share myself openly because I already knew how they were going to respond, I wouldn't have created the relationship that my parents and I now have. So step into the relationship with open eyes, open ears, open heart. Be mindful expectations and practice non-attachment. Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> I feel like I always end it. Like you just go on this beautiful rant. And I'm like, all right, well, thanks. <laughs> if you have any questions, if you're, again, this conversation stemmed from somebody in our community, like seeking support, which yeah. we're so grateful for you listening. You share with us that you have, you're taking these notes on every single episode and just thank you. Thank you for your time. You know who you are really appreciate you taking your space and really allowing us to be in your life in this space but i don't take that lightly these conversations are for you specifically for you since i know you're listening and i know there's other people listening but for you since you have openly sought support this conversation is for you yeah and we really do would love to hear feedback and love to hear if you have a topic that you would like us to touch on um, please share it with us because we would love to riff off of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and just another place of gratitude. There are donations coming in for the podcast. There are contributions that are being shared with Awakening Bodies to support us in building out this mission. Thank you. Mm, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Those $10 a month make a massive impact. You may not think so. Actually, I know you, so you do know the kind of impact that has because you know a dollar makes a difference. 
but thank you. That is those are resources that you could be using elsewhere. And I know you're also on a big mission. So for you to be sharing those resources with us, it's greatly appreciated. It is not taken for granted. It is very much valued. And our commitment is to use these resources to expand on this mission. Again, right now it's Lauren and I sitting in our living room with a Zoom open with Phantom playing with our mics connected to our phone. Like there is a vision that is so much bigger than this and your contribution supports us. So thank you. Yes. And if you feel pulled to contribute in any way, how can one do so? Yeah. So there is, if you're listening through Spotify, there is a link through Spotify that you can go ahead and become a contributor. There's also a, a link uh, in the show notes for a Patreon, if that's easier for you. And you get to choose whatever you wish to donate. Yeah. But thank you. We deeply appreciate it. We're excited to continue these conversations. And our intention is to really get some of the most insightful, educated, and just beautiful people in the world to have conversations with so we can continue to share the message of intuitive health and high performance. Really maximize on your life and your potential. So thank you. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode. And be blessed. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe to stay updated on future episodes. And we would love to know how you enjoyed today's episode by leaving us a review. We look forward to continuing this journey of self-discovery and connection with you. And we'll see you on the next episode. Much love.